0: Turn in your Bible, if you would, to Revelation chapter 11. We're going to do a a warm-up, a stretching, if you will, in Revelation 11. And then we'll be turning to 1 Kings chapter 18. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Have a chance to open up God's Word and um, share together from it. As a way of stretching and warming up, uh, I wanted to introduce our main character, besides God. God should always be our main character, but Elijah. We're going to look about at Elijah uh, today. And Elijah, when we catch up with him in Kings, we're going to see that he—they don't give his lineage. Um, he kind of pops in out of the blue, um, and he's a king. He's a—he's a prophet to the northern kingdom, the kingdom that never had a king that did that which was right in the sight of God. Uh, So he's um, a prophet to a very wicked king, and uh, his name is Ahab, record-setting evil. And we have a record-setting powerful prophet uh, in Elijah. And the stretching that I wanted to do as we look in Revelation chapter 11, very interesting. Um, I want to read Revelation 11.3 with you, and I'm going to ask you, a trivia question if you're up for it. Uh, when I was uh, got very excited about the Lord, uh, I would always want to answer these questions, and I always got them wrong. So I I, I would bite my tongue when I wanted to say the answer. And uh, But if you're brave, uh, there actually is no right answer to this one. So uh, if you say some crazy answer, I'll just smile and say, could be. <laughs> but um, Revelation 11, verse 3 there's uh, tribulation time, uh, and the verse reads, uh, "And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days, clothed in sackcloth." So the the two witnesses that are sent from God uh, during the tribulation times. Who would? And, and again, there is it's all it's always just gathering uh, information from the Word of God and saying, "This is who I think it is." Uh, does anyone have uh, a guess? Brother Jim. I would say that Praise the Lord. Uh, I don't have to nod and say, could be. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. And the thinking that usually drives that is in um, Hebrews 9. It says, It is it appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Uh, and the thought is uh, that Enoch and Elijah never died. Uh, both of those men, Enoch, walked with God and was not. Uh, and Elijah went up in a chariot, but I talked with Brother uh, Verone uh, last week to get his thoughts on this, and he thinks it could be John uh, the beloved the writer of the book, because uh, when when John swallows the book and it was uh, in his mouth i can't remember in his mouth, it was his honey, but as soon as it gets to his stomach, it was bitter. Uh, And it says in verse 11 of chapter 10, And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. And John, the beloved, didn't get a chance to do that. Yes, said, Brother Rowan is thinking it could be John. uh, But I don't think anyone would argue that it could be Elijah. And to firm that up in a a very fun way, uh, whenever I've been in church and in so many meetings uh, and in so much life around the Bible... That when I hear something new, I either think it's heresy or um, it's interesting. And I hope this is interesting. Uh, but the prophets in Revelation 11 that they mention, and again, I think one of them, uh, the witnesses, was certainly Elijah. Uh, if you look, when he says thousand, two hundred, three threescore days, uh, that's very, really it's three and a half years um, and so these witnesses have power for three and a half years. And Elijah, as we read about him in 1 um, Kings 18, he, he dried up the rains for three and a half years. Uh, very neat. If you um, skip down to Revelation 11, verse 6, the first part of that verse reads, uh, These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. So these two prophecies, just as Elijah in 1 Kings says, it will not rain, but by my word, um, these two prophets have that same exact power. They can shut up the heavens. And in um, Revelation 5, another one of the powers of these uh, witnesses, if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies... Um, If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So they have the power uh, over fire. um, And we see that Elijah didn't speak it from his end, but he called down fire uh, in the passage that we're going to look at tonight. So very, very interesting. Um, I think that was more of my way of just stretching out and getting comfortable up here. Um, But I hope it was a blessing to you. So if you've got, uh, uh, turn to 1 Kings now. We'll get into the, the bulk of our message. Uh, and the thought of my message tonight is prayer. Um, and let's pray. Lord, we need you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that's in it. Lord, the power that we have in the Holy Spirit and the power that we have through prayer. Lord, let us not be wanting... Uh, in any of these areas, Lord, but would you strengthen, uh, would you uh, intentionally, Lord, might we be diligent uh, about what you put before us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. D.L. Moody said that every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And so it is, I believe, with Elijah a mighty man of prayer, but why is it when we think of Elijah, we don't often connect the prayer? Uh, the, that Elijah was a praying man. We may think of the the barrel of meal and the curse of oil with that widow woman and her son that didn't run out. We might think of the fire that he called down from heaven or the chariot of fire, uh, but to to not see the connection uh, of Elijah's power and Elijah's victory, to not see that connected to prayer would be kind of like seeing a floating balloon go by and pondering it and not simply saying, oh, there's, there's helium in that balloon. The simplicity of our successes in this Christian life or our failures uh, in this Christian life can be directly connected to our prayer life. Uh, and and James, in James chapter 5, uh, is very careful to highlight uh, Elijah's prayers. Um, many of us know that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, I didn't re- connect it to Elijah, but in verse 17, following that, It says, Elias Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So James is being very careful to, to link the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man to Elijah. And verse 18, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Elijah was a praying man. We need to uh, be praying people. And in First Kings eighteen, if you're there, uh, say Amen. First 1 Kings 18.1 reads this, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, "Go." Show thyself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And we have God telling Elijah, I'm going to send rain. And yet in James, we're seeing that Elijah is fervently praying for rain. That word fervent means that it's, it's fiery. There's an earnestness to it. And that it's without ceasing. That's the type of praying that Elijah is doing that it might rain. And yet, in verse 18, God says, I'm going to send rain. And if you ponder that a bit, I believe the conclusion that you'll come to is that God has a will, but like with Daniel praying to God, there's a spiritual battle. And we we saw in Daniel that the spiritual force is held up the work that God was trying to do, but it was overcome by prayer. And so it is here. As God says, I'm going to send rain, Elijah is fervently praying that God's will would be accomplished. And in our lives, I wonder about the prayer. And I know we're at a prayer meeting. Praise God we're at a prayer meeting. But I've been to prayer meetings myself. And maybe this word is just for me. But I wonder if our prayer... Life is lacking. There were times uh, in my life where I had a a particular time and a particular place that I would pray. There was a spot on the carpet uh, and there was a time in the morning uh, and I would pray. And I remember after about a year or two, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if as time passes, Uh, and maybe I get old and the kids go into that room and they look at that carpet if they'll see two worn spots where my knees uh, prayed. Uh, And the thought came to me while I wasn't in the room, and so I poked my head into the room to see if I was gaining on it at all, Uh, and it was clean as could be. There were no wear marks uh, in the room. And actually, uh, after that, as I would kneel to pray, I would kind of give a wiggle to try and speed up the wearing process so that maybe there was a hope of it. But I wonder, is our is our prayer life, if it says effectual, fervent prayer, um, that means it's going to get the job done. If our prayers are what's required to get the job done. God says, I'm sending rain. And Elijah has to pray it in. Is our prayer life going to be effectual? God says, I'll send the rain. And Elijah needed to pray. This enemy of prayer we know to be sin you'll turn with me to Isaiah 59, it's a very well-known verse, but if you would turn to it to see it, I hope it will lock it in. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. Is there sin in your life? We want our prayers to be effectual and uh, depending on our situation in life, for many of us it's urgent that our prayers are effectual. But do we view sin as God views it? Sometimes when I'm standing behind my table saw, I think, uh, I don't know why I try and connect spiritual things to physical things, but I see my saw blade spinning. And it's spinning and it's spinning. And I see what it does to the wood. And I say, you know, if only I could view sin like that blade. If I touch it, it's going to hurt me. That saw blade doesn't care what I touch it with. It doesn't care how bad it's going to hurt. It's going to cut. And sin, most assuredly, is going to block as we call out to God, probably with a prayer that should be effectual, the need of our loved one far from God, physical things that causes grief, Pastor and I are both familiar with uh, a word, the saw stop. And um, there's a mechanism that you get, uh, and it's a, it's a whole system. And if you touch the, the blade with anything that's flesh, um, there's a cartridge like a, a, an airbag. And if you just touch it, uh, a mechanism drives this uh, piece up from the bottom and welds it and, and instantly stops it. I'm too cheap to buy it because I touch it on occasion and I don't want to buy a new blade and a new uh, cartridge. But unlike the saw stop, $70 for the cartridge and probably $100 for the blade, why is it that we continue in sin? Repentance to God has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why do we continue to dabble? In sin and not just repent. In uh, 1 Kings, if you're there still, let me join you. 1 Kings 17. Elijah's prayed for no rain and it hasn't rained. The land has been, uh, there's been drought, there's been famine. And he has pronounced this to King Ahab because of Ahab and Israel's sin, the idolatry that's crept in. And in verse 21 of chapter 18, Elijah catches up with Ahab and shows himself. Verse 17, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have, and thou hast followed Balaam. Interesting, isn't it? Ahab has had three and a half years to think of Elijah's warnings, to, to flee from idolatry, to flee from the wickedness three and a half years of suffering. He searched the far away nations looking for Elijah, trying to track him down. He searched all over, trying to find water. And yet, he has not searched before God for forgiveness. Why wouldn't he fall on his face before God and say, God, forgive me. And repent, but that's not the way He is. And I hope that's no one here today. Uh, if you've ventured in at any level to sin, it's, it's going to cut. It's going to block your prayers. Uh, and, the, and the solution has been paid for in the blood of Jesus Christ. Ask for forgiveness. Elijah says to Ahab, gather the people, gather the 450 prophets of Baal, gather the 400 prophets of the, the grove, and we'll have a showdown. Uh, we'll see whose God will answer by fire as we um, present sacrifices. And Ahab truly was wicked and Jezebel his wife. But what about the people of Israel? In verse 21, we catch up with where they're at. Verse 21 says this, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. When Joshua came to the people and he said, Choose you this day. The people said, We'll choose God. They had just seen God's provision. They had seen the pillar of fire. They had seen the pillar of cloud. And Joshua said, Consider these things and choose. And now here we are several generations. And Elijah says to the people of Israel, Choose between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. They begin to prepare the bullocks. Each one of them uh, is given a bullock. And the preparation begins. Elijah, interestingly... I don't know. if He he actually winds up mocking them. If you read with me. In 27. It says, And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for He is a God, with a little g. Either He is talking or He is pursuing or He is in a journey or peradventure. He sleepeth and must be Awakened, awaked, and they cried aloud and they cut themselves after their manner with knives and with lances till the blood gushed out of them. I'm happy that we serve a God, that it's orderly. Uh, he does not require any um, eloquent words, He doesn't require uh, any display. He requires uh, a broken and a contrite heart. He requires the blood of His Son uh, to hear that first prayer of God, would You forgive me? If you'll read with me from 30 to 35, it says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto Me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and he cut the, the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And I want you to think with me. This is a time of drought. When Elijah asks the widow woman in the previous passage for a glass of water He was asking a big thing. um, And she got it for him. And her faith moved God to sustain her and her son. Here, Elijah is asking for barrel after barrel of water. And I don't know if it was because of a fear of Elijah or a fear of God, but Israel acted in faith and we see, I believe that was the thing that stirred God uh, to, to turn their heart back to Him. They acted in faith, and they gave that which was precious, um, and they poured it on to the uh, to the sacrifice they prepared. Verse 36 through 39. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening service that Elijah, the prophet, came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that Thou art God in Israel, and I am Thy servant, and that I have done all these things at Thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and that Thou hast turned their heart back again. Then fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. When faith is exercised and prayer is made, God moves. I believe that there's something in each of our lives that God wants to do and that God has has planned it before we were born and that the accomplishment of it is going to require more than the five-minute morning prayer. And the accomplishing of it is going to take more than are grown up now I lay me down to sleep it's going to require fervent prayer to be effectual and i believe as the need in our life is turned up we should be praying more there shouldn't i shouldn't have to wiggle my knees to tr- try and create a spot on the rug where I pray. There should be a spot there because I pray often. and Fervently. Verse 40 and 41. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And he took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook. Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a the sound of abundance of rain. There's a word in the Bible to mortify, to kill. Um, your word, uh, mortgage, comes from a similar word. You want to kill that debt. And there's something in our lives that we need to To kill. And I believe as you start to see little steps of victory. I've seen little steps of victory. This was not a little one. I mean, fire comes down from heaven. The people were excited. They, they, They did what the prophet said. We brought your barrels and fire fell from heaven. And as they see this, it encourages them to follow God even more. And, and mortify some things called idols in their life. And these, these leaders of, of idolatry, these pagan priests, he actually puts them to death. And he said, let's not let one of them escape. And those people that had nothing to say for God, as they took that baby step of faith and they see fire come down from heaven... They say, now, yes, let's, let's kill these prophets. Let's move on for God and let's see bigger and better things. Uh, let's you and I rejoice in another opportunity to pray. To pray effectual, fervent prayers. For those of you that are getting older, and at night there's one more trip to the bathroom than there used to be when you were 20 or 30 Might that be a time for you to say, God, I'm happy to be up. Let me go through those prayers that are on my mind and that you put on my heart for my brother, for my sister in Christ or in our family, for our pastor and for his family, uh, for the vision that he'll have for White Oak Baptist Church, for the church member is wanting you to grow, and and mature, and and lead, and uh, you were a disciple. Now you're a discipler. Uh, you one point heard the gospel, and now you share the gospel. God has something for you. Will it be missed because of a lack of prayer? Seemingly simple, no cost other than time. To you. I wonder. I didn't have the time really or the inclination to do it and follow it through. But there's unclaimed money uh, in the U.S. And it's there. Uh, I checked it actually. I think I had probably had my wife do it for me. She does everything for me. Uh, but I wonder if there's unclaimed victories in your life that are unclaimed because we couldn't take another couple minutes and say, God, I need to pray more. God, I believe. And we'll hear and see the results and grow as God would have us to grow. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and he put his face between his knees. He said, what's the problem, Elijah? You just told Ahab, it's going to rain. We know from James that it was Elijah's prayers that stopped the rain and it was Elijah's prayers that needed to bring the rain. And it's not raining yet. And he's committed. I believe the king probably had guys watching him. Uh, not that they could have stopped Elijah, but he said, It's going to rain. And when he casts his, uh, when he put his face between his knees, are oh, you seeing the fervent prayer? He's, he's serious about this. And he says in verse 43, He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea, and he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And by fast forwarding to seven, I think we've robbed of two, and three, and four, and five, and six. When Elijah has prayed, God, you said it and I haven't seen it yet. And God, you've said it and I haven't seen it yet. And he's fervently praying the will of God, calling down not the fire, but calling down the will of God on his life. Fervently praying. And verse 44, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there rises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, that the heaven was blackened with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode, and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before to the entrance of Jezreel. I don't like the phrase, fake it till you make it. Um, I don't like it at all. You shouldn't fake it. If I can't produce this, I shouldn't fake it till I make it. But I don't think it's faking it for the Christian when our finances are tight. When our health is in jeopardy. When our grandchildren or our children are wayward, I don't believe it's faking it to say, it's God's will that they know Him and walk with Him. It's God's will that they would be in fellowship with family and with God. And I'm going to pray it. And I'm going to exclaim that God is able. And I'm going to believe it. today for you and for me as I close I would encourage us consider your time of prayer honestly if it's effectual it's sufficient but I I can't believe that everything that you've prayed for has has come about mine has not less increase Our time of prayer. Let's excitedly wait. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to call down fire from heaven. um, But I believe some of the miracles that we're asking for is as big as that. I know some people that want nothing to do with God. Uh, I would give my life for that. They would give their life to God. I I would trade it. To me, that's as big as fire coming down from heaven. Do I care enough to pray more than twice a day? Let's bow. Lord God, for each one that's come, thank you for their faithfulness. And I believe that you are answering prayer here at White Oak Baptist Church and that you're answering prayers from our prayer list and from the individuals. Thank you, God, for that. And as we see these victories, Lord, may it increase our faith and may it increase the fervency of our prayer, Lord. Might we become people that are continually praying, Lord, in in an attitude of prayer, uh, communing with you as Elijah did as we go through the day. Uh, God, thank you for this. And God, what do you think about that? Lord, might we be truly yours. Might sin be far from our life. Lord, might we hate sin like we hate the table saw. Lord, I pray that we would hate sin because it it blocks your ear from our mouth, Lord. Might we love you. Might we love your word. Might we love uh, that sweet hour of prayer. And as we go, Lord, keep us safe and strengthen us to what you've called us to. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.